Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is Tuesday. Yeah, we're working our way right through the week. We got a lot of great stuff we're going to be dealing with this afternoon. My buddy Joe Moreno, the uh, smartest lawyer on God's green earth, is going to be here. I'm trying to figure out how Congress could decide where we're pitching George Santos, getting him out of the house, but this uh, Jamal Bowman can stick around. Jamal Bowman, as you may or may not know, actually uh, is, is guilty of pulling that fire alarm. That, that's already been adjudicated. He's guilty. He, he actually committed a crime. But they're letting him stay in the House of Representatives. You've got uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib routinely saying absolutely uh, disgusting things. They get to stay in the House. Now, I'm not telling you that George Santos is, like, the best guy. Because George Santos just strikes me as, as, as a shyster. But he hasn't been convicted of anything. And if we're going to start kicking people out of Congress because we think that they're shady, I don't know that there's going to be anybody left in Congress. They're all a little sh- To run for Congress, you got to be a little... Well, anyway, Joe Moreno... Former U.S. attorney, former federal prosecutor, uh, he'll he'll be able to shed some light on this, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with him about that. And congratulations to the members of the uh, the Richmond School Board. God, they, 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 it's just amazing to me. You have children who cannot read in the Richmond schools. Do you remember the last SOLs? There was not a single solitary 7th grader in the entire RPS system that was able to pass the SOL math exam. Not a single solitary 7th grader in the entire city. Not one. And the members of the RPS board say, We're going to double our salaries. We're doing such great work here, man. Yeah. And you understand it's a part-time job, right? You understand it's, uh, well, uh, uh, I'll run for office. Why not? I understand that a lot of times you talk about these board positions, and you can spell it B-O-A-R-D or B-O-R-E-D. I've been on a lot of boards in my lifetime. 
and I kind of have dialed back now. I've really only got one or two that I, I still am uh, involved with as I head into a 2024. And it's not because I have anything against the organizations. Let me be very clear. It's just that I'm thinking I, I can't do everything. I just can't. That's always been one of my uh, one of my faults, I think. It's like, oh, I can do that. I'll do this. I can do this. I can do that. And, and then, uh, honestly, I'm just at the point where it's like, all right, I got two boards that I'm going to be involved with. I can be an active participant, and everybody else will have to you know, find somebody else. So I get it. You're on a board, and yes, it can consume some time. And even when you say it's a part-time thing, you're still doing it. I get it. But the absolute gall, the audacity, the temerity of these RPS school board members saying, we've got a terrible system, right? Doesn't everybody acknowledge that RPS is a failing system, that it's failing the children of Richmond every single solitary day, every day? Children in the city of Richmond are getting the short end of the stick thanks to RPS. And the dopey superintendent of the day who sits in the ed shed and sends out these left-wing missives instead of actually doing something, I wonder if he winds up in a uh, gubernatorial administration. God help us all if LeVar Stoney somehow uh, Peter principles his way right to the governor's office. I mean, it could happen. Well, you know, we had Ralph Northam, another dope. But I digress. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get into the name calling. Uh, doubling your salary when you're not getting the job done. Now, in the real world, here's what happens. Here's what happens. You have a job, and you have a salary, and then you are expected to do certain things, and then in exchange for that labor, uh, you get uh, some sort of compensation that's agreed upon ahead of time. That's the way it works. And how do we hold people accountable? Well, we look at what it is that uh, is produced. You're supposed to make 10 widgets a day. You only make 7 widgets a day. Guess what? You're not going to be paid the same as somebody who makes 10 widgets a day. Your job as a member of the Richmond Public School Board is to help children get an education. And you are failing miserably when it comes to that. There's a reason that when people move to Central Virginia... And they have children. The very first thing that people tell them is, don't move to the city. Don't you dare think about putting your children into the Richmond public schools. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, you wanna, you're a good upstanding leftist. You want to make a stand? Well, you go to Henrico County because at, at this point, let's face it, Henrico has uh, gone fairly left. And you might be comfortable there. That's okay. Uh, you're a little, uh, I, I don't know, a little more conservative. Uh, you're probably going to look at Chesterfield County. I, I know you'll be looking at Hanover County. I know, but we don't have any room up here anymore, so uh, we can't help anybody out that way. But uh, for the Richmond Public School board members to double their salary at the same time children can't read, they can't write, they don't have equipment in schools, the schools themselves are falling down and not being repaired or replaced. But they're going to double their salary. Can you imagine that? The nerve. Wow. Well, I guess it's, it's a good gig if you can get it. I want to bring you up to date on a couple of things. And, and I try my best on this program to be as uh, upfront and as honest. I hate the word transparent because it's become such a buzzword. But, all right, sort of transparent. Uh, yesterday was, uh, was a bizarre sort of a day. Uh, first day that uh, I'm back on the air. But I've still got to take care of Heidi and take care of Julie and get everything done. And we're juggling all these balls and hopefully keeping them up in the air and 
my buddy Jeremy, who's the uh, producer of this here program back at the Radio Factory, doing a great job and uh, making sure that uh, it sounds, you know, as good as it can sound. I, I have a certain level of mediocrity. We're, we're, we're not getting any golden microphones here, although you might recall last October I was down in Dallas and I uh, actually dropped by to see Glenn Beck and uh, right there in the lobby. Yeah, he went, he bought it. He bought the uh, the golden EIB microphone, and he has it. I, I'm going to have to dig up the photo. I've got a photo of me. No, was it with me? I don't know. I, I know I took a photo of the microphone. I'll get that up on social media at some point. But yesterday was really sort of a, a bizarre sort of a day, and today was a, uh, was a bizarre sort of a day. But I think everything's going to work out. Heidi today is having a rough day. I'm just going to share that with you. So if I seem a little distracted, I apologize, but... Uh, it is what it is. And then, of course, at 4 o'clock, i got to go and get Julie off the bus, and Jeremy will work some magic to, uh, to make it sound like it was always supposed to sound. But in the midst of all of this, oh, and I had a meeting. I had a meeting. I had a meeting, yes, with uh, Team Julia over at uh, Patrick Henry High School. And it was wonderful. And I'm always so grateful that when we are dealing with teachers inside of the Hanover County Schools, that we have no horror stories. I have friends of mine who have had children in other school divisions through the years, special ed kids, IEP folks, and they have such horror stories. And they say, man, we had to get a lawyer, we had to do this, we had to fight. And I'm thinking, wow, Hanover's very different. Everybody on this team is, is part of Team Julia. They're cheering for Julia as much as we are. So I had that meeting and it felt really good. But here was the best part of the day so far, and I'm looking forward to this again at 4 o'clock. On Julia's bus, there's a young man, and I don't know his name, but he's another special ed student. And when I get Julia out to the bus stop and get her on the bus, and this afternoon when I go to get her off the bus, he, he will say to me, as he did this morning, Good morning, Julia's dad. Have a great day. And when I get Julia off the bus this afternoon, he's going to say, Good afternoon, Julia's dad. Have a great day. And that's his, that's his thing. And I thought, well, what if we all had sort of that thing, right? Where you just say something that's good and positive for someone else and you just make their day a little bit better. Wouldn't that be a great idea? God, I would love that. I would love that. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm going back and forth here because with Heidi's situation, one of the things that I was thinking about, which is going to sound a little weird, but again, i got to be honest with you. I've got people that I work with that I've worked with for years. Haven't, haven't reached out at all. How, how's Heidi? How are you? Nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, well. You, you've simply reminded me we have a business relationship. We have a co-worker relationship. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay. I, I, you know, I think I may have uh, misjudged it in the past, but I, I certainly shan't misjudge it in the future. I'll tell you that. But I know in 45 minutes that, that young guy on the bus, he's going to say, Hi, Julia's dad. Have a great day, Julia's dad. And that's going to be a good thing. 
Can I say congratulations? I know I'm overtime, Germ, so don't yell at me. But uh, uh, I want to say congratulations to uh, Chris Saunders. Chris Saunders was one of the honorees today at the 2023 Valor Awards. Now, I've gone to the Valor Awards in the past. This year, I, I obviously just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I, I mean, I get so much stuff going on. But Chris Saunders, a couple of years back, was a recipient of the Lieutenant Jam McTurn and Blue Friday Honor. He deserved it then, and the Valor Award he received today, he deserves that today. Chris Saunders of the Richmond Police Department. My hat is off to you. Moments from now, I'm going to tell you who the December recipient of the Lieutenant Jan McTurnham Blue Friday Honor is. It is 315, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. We were we were talking about Dan Harrison from Serta Pro Painters, and uh, all of a sudden, I've got uh, I've got Hanukkah music. All right, well, I I, I don't know. I'll, I'll still say nice things about Dan Harrison and Serta Pro Painters in Midlothian, in Northwest Richmond. Uh, they are, uh, in fact, doing another project for us. We got this upper level storage shed that's just junky. And they're coming in. They're going to take care of the drywall repairs, put a fresh coat of paint on it, and we're going to be off to the races. And you should call them. Yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, 1-800-GO-CERTA. 1-800-GO-CERTA. Online, certapro.com. Certapro.com. Okay. I mentioned to you that I'm looking at Facebook here, social media, and what have I got here? Well, uh, Chris Saunders of the Richmond Police Department picks up an award at today's Valor Awards in Richmond, and uh, I was, oh, it killed me not to be there. I'm telling you right now, it just, uh, it was painful not to be there. But I'm looking at some of the photos of uh, Chris getting his well-deserved award at the uh, Valor Awards. I'm looking at some of the other honorees. Uh, Chris was a recipient of the Lieutenant Jan McTurn and Blue Friday Honor a couple of years back, and I am happy to tell you who the recipient of the December Lieutenant Jan McTurnan Blue Friday honor is. And it's, it's, it's something I never do, right? I never announce winners ahead of time, do I? I always say, well, you got to wait. Well, this one's going to be a little different. And you'll understand as I, I give you a few of the details why it is going to be a little bit different. But I think you're going to be okay with that. Uh, we have made the decision to... Honor police officer Bruce Foster from the VSU, Virginia State University Police Department. He is going to be our December Blue Friday honoree. And you'll recall that he was shot in the line of duty a couple of weeks back. And he's got a rough way to go. I mean, I'm just going to be just brutally honest. He's got a rough way to go. Uh, at the moment, he is... Uh, He's paralyzed from the waist down. And I don't know if there's any other discussion. Is, is that a temporary thing? God willing, God hope, I'm hoping that it's a, it's a temporary thing. But whatever it is, he's got, a, he's got a really difficult way to go. And I had so many people reach out and say, let's, let's nominate Officer Foster. 
And the way that I do this now, because I want to be clear with you, I don't just pick a name out of the hat. It doesn't happen that way, nor should it. it it's, too, it's too important, and, and at this point, it's, it's actually become much too prestigious to do something like that. I've got to get an official nomination. Now, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but it's got to come from someone who's connected. You you see what I'm saying. So I had so many people reach out. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And nominate Bruce Foster. I had a great conversation with the chief of police down at Virginia State University a couple of days ago. And uh, he and I worked a few things out. He put me in touch with Bruce. And obviously, with what Bruce is going through, and then not that my stuff compares, but it's just nailing down times and days and stuff and thinking, oh, well, Heidi's got PT three times a week. i got to figure out what we're doing with Julia. You know, we've got the Grinch coming to the Altria. I'm not going to be able to make that because we... Anyway, I chatted with Bruce this morning, and I had a fantastic conversation with this guy this is another great thing you know again here i am i start the day and you know what i'm doing i'm ticking down a list of names at the start of the day this is how i just how my day is gone and i'm thinking man i've worked with you with it for a decade and you know that my wife and you didn't bother calling or writing okay well blank you you're off the christmas card list right i mean just a miserable sort of a start to a day and then i got the Hi, Julia's dad. Have a good day. And then I got to chat with Bruce Foster from the Virginia State University Police Department, who's got four kids. He's dealing with everything he's dealing with. And he was one of the the, the most positive, pleasant, happy individuals that I've chatted with in a long time. And I thought, well, I got to put all my stupid stuff away. So here's what's going to happen. I have worked out a day in time, and I am going to go and visit Officer Foster. Won't tell you where he is. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not important. But I'm going to go and visit with him, and we will present him at that time with the gift package from uh, the Lieutenant Jan McTurnham Blue Friday Honor. You know, we've got some very good stuff in there, including gift cards. I just wanted to be so sure that his family would have these gift cards for Christmas. So that's what we're going to do. If it's okay with him, I will take a couple of photos. You know, we normally do a photo with that thin blue line flag. 
And if he's up for it, then we'll, we'll get one of those photos. It's going to go up the wall. But we're going to have to do our chat. You know, every time we have a, a nice interaction with the, the honored officer, uh, this is going to be a little different. It's, it's going to have to be on the phone because he's, he's not going to be traveling anywhere. So we're going to actually do that in January. Okay? And, and Jeremy, God bless him, is hearing this for the first time as well. So that's what we're going to do just to make it as easy as possible. And quite frankly, because I want as many people as possible to hear Officer Foster's story. It's, it's just an absolutely amazing one. And he is so deserving of that honor. All right, moments from now, Joel Moreno joins us. Uh, How can Congress kick out a guy who didn't commit any crimes but keep a guy who did commit crimes? Uh, Hopefully, uh, the good uh, Joel Moreno, smartest lawyer on God's green earth, has the answer. 326, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Thirty-five, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is Tuesday. Just a quick reminder, tomorrow afternoon, Brian Kilmeade, our old buddy, is going to be here from uh, Fox News. And I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting with him. There's all sorts of exciting stuff with Kilmeade all the time. But uh, tomorrow afternoon, 335, Brian will be uh, back with us. It's been a while. It's kind of crazy, but it's been a while. And uh, we got Bill O'Reilly and Glenn Beck and Todd Starnes and all of the usual uh, folks who are part of the uh, the roundup, if you will, as we head into 2024. Don't expect it before the end of the year. Everybody's on vacation. But George Santos may be available. I mean, he's looking for something to do now. He just got kicked out of Congress, and I can't quite figure out what the rules are, if there are any laws that govern these things. So when I think law, I think the smartest lawyer on God's green earth, my friend Joe Moreno, a former uh, federal prosecutor. He's also, let me see if I get this correct, Joe. Uh, he's an attorney. He's a CPA. Uh, he's uh, he's part of the JAG Corps. Um, hang on, Joe. Don't tell me anything else. Uh, oh, uh, England and Wales, you're an attorney. I have no notes here. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my fingers, but I have no notes. Uh, for some reason, you seem to hate the Scottish, so you're not there as a barrister, but uh, England and Wales, you got covered. Did I miss anything, Joe, besides those uh, nine lovely uh, family members of yours? Jeff, my only complaint with that intro is that now I have to worry if I can live up to it. So... <laughs> I'll do my best. Oh, your best is always what uh, what is delivered. First of all, great to hear you, and I hope that everybody is uh, is doing well in your neck of the woods. Uh, so explain this to me, Joe. We've got Jamal Bowman, who has, co- has committed a crime. He pled guilty, right? He pulled the fire alarm. He gets to stay in Congress. George Santos, who, look, I'm not buying a bridge from George Santos, but he hasn't been convicted of anything. So, so, so how do they get to boot one and not the other? Jeff, quite right. So what we're dealing with is the overlap between criminal law, as we see it every day, mm-hmm. and the Constitution, which confers certain powers on Congress, both the Senate and the House separately, right. to discipline and even expel members. So it's up to the Senate and the House, respectively, how they want to use that power. It's basically for any reason they want, provided they get a two-thirds vote. Mm -hmm. So historically in the House, it's used very rarely. I think Mr. Santos is the sixth 
in all of U.S. history to be expelled wow. from the House. Six, six congressmen. Okay. The difference, as you point out, though, is that the other five had all been convicted of a crime in criminal court. Right. Mr. Santos is only accused of a crime. So whatever you think of what he may have done, mm-hmm. the defense lawyer in me always does go back to the innocent before proven guilty standard that we yeah. all live by. Exactly. So it does, it does bother me a little bit that the house, no matter how bad the situation looks, and yes, it looks bad. Oh, yeah. It looks really bad. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my understanding was he misused the credit card of a donor and the donor's mother. Um, but again, these are accusations. They've not been proven in court beyond a reasonable doubt. So my only concern now is if Congress is going to start expelling members who are only accused of a crime or some kind of ethical wrongdoing, well then, what will it take to trigger that? As you pointed out, we have a congressman who just pled guilty to pulling a fire alarm, which may sound a little silly, but the fact was he disrupted a congressional proceeding in doing that. On the Senate side, you have Bob Menendez, who is facing serious criminal bribery allegations. The second time I point out for him. That's right. And yet, He's, he's sitting in the Senate. So if we're going to start doing this, you can sort of see the possibility for mischief. Yes. Because now two-thirds of the House or the Senate can basically kick someone out for whatever reason they want. So my, that's my only fear here is that now what's the bar for kicking someone out? Does it have to be felony-type concerns? Could it be a misdemeanor-level concern? Could it be no criminal charges at all just because the House, maybe the Ethics Committee makes some findings? So that's my worry about lowering standards in an area like this. Not so much because I have any love for Mr. Santos. I do respect the process, though. That's my concern here. I mean, you mentioned Bob Menendez. Didn't they just find out that the gold bars in his house were part of some some heist a couple of years back? I mean, he's, he's facing significant bribery charges. Um, There's probably possible espionage and tax evasion charges also coming down in that case. And remember, he faced a host of bribery charges just about five years ago. And the only reason he's not in jail is that he got a hung jury back then. And the Justice Department decided not to pursue the case any further. So he's been sitting in the Senate now through two rounds of indictments. So, again, now, if we're going to do it for Mr. Santos, why isn't the Senate initiating expulsion proceedings for Mr. Menendez? Wow. That's the question. That's why Joe Moreno is joining us. Joe is the uh, the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. It's right there on the business card in the letterhead, as it should be. Um, you are often called upon to appear with uh, the CBC, the BBC, all these folks around the world how on earth do you explain some of the insanity that we see here in the U.S. to them? Jeff, I see the concern that's really sitting with me these days is, once again, the confluence between law and politics. Politics can be a brutal sport, right? It is not for the faint of heart to throw yourself into the political arena. You have to deal with debates. 
and accusations and voters. It's a tough contact sport. But we've historically done a pretty darn good job of not using the legal system to go after our political opponents. We're pretty good about that. We don't have presidents that are charging their opponents historically in order to ruin their reputations, right, or keep them out of an election. However, that is what we're looking at right now. And whether you like Donald Trump or you don't like Donald Trump, whether you think he's guilty or you think he's not guilty, you can't get away from the fact that the four criminal cases and the one serious civil case in New York are all brought by Democrats who are elected to office. In one case, in New York, the Attorney General of New York ran for office, promising she would find some way to get Donald Trump. That's right. So once again, it's not so much that I love the person, right? I think the process should work the way it should. I do think the process is really important, though. And I would say, in my opinion, looking at these cases very closely, there were one or two that Donald Trump has his hands full on, but there are several that are veering into absolute nonsense and a blatant abuse of the system. So when I have to explain all of this to international audiences, believe me, it's a lot to do in a two or three minute soundbite, but there's a lot to really break down here. Yeah. Well, I want you, since you raised the, uh, the allegations against former President Trump, uh, some of this stuff, and again, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not an attorney, but as I look at some of this stuff, Joe, I just think, oh, come on, this is, this is nonsensical, and it's clearly political, and, and it needs to go away, but why is it not going away? Do, do, do the members of the Supreme Court, uh, do they get to look at cases around the country and go, hey, Attorney General of New York, you're out of your mind. You've got to drop this today. So, in general, the way the system works is that you cannot appeal a case until after it's done at the trial level. That's typically how our system works. So if you're charged with a crime, even if you think you have a really good argument for why the charges are invalid, Mm -hmm. generally you have to go through a trial. If you're convicted, then you get to appeal it. It's very, there are very few instances where you can appeal during a trial or before it has started. That's called an interlocutory appeal. That's rare. There's only a few bases you can argue that. So that's why most of these cases will have to go to trial. And unless there's a way to knock out charges at the trial level, any appeals will have to wait until after a conviction. Mm. Just, this is so unfair to you, Joe, but if I'm going to do it to anybody, I'm going to do it to you because you're so smart. Is there any chance that any of these ridiculous charges against former President Trump actually result in a conviction? The one I, well, there's a few, right? The one I'm concerned about is the January 6th case in Washington, D.C. That case has some serious legal problems. The use of the fraud statute where there's no financial fraud, that's a big problem for Jack Smith. The the way that they're using a 19th century obstruction of Congress law, which was typically used for insurrection-type rebellion cases, that's questionable. However, you couldn't pick a more hostile jury pool 
and a more hostile judge in Judge Chutkin than Jack Smith drew in Washington, D.C. So in that case, I very well could see, despite some serious legal deficiencies, I could see getting to a conviction and then Mr. Trump's best best possibility of some relief would be on the appeal level. Gotcha. All right. Final question. Well, two final questions. Uh, how long until George Santos is an answer on Jeopardy? And number two, um, let's say former President Trump is convicted of one or two of these things, and he's reelected as president. Can he pardon himself? So... On the first one, as far as George Santos, I mean, he's already a household name. Right? You yeah. can't make this stuff up. It'll be a few months before he actually sees trial. So my guess would be a better, the better portion of a year before he goes to trial and either gets convicted or not. Okay. As far as the, the, the pardon question, it's never been tried. But I think it's fair that most people would say yes, because there's nothing in the Constitution that says otherwise. So if the charges are still pending, right, let's say they haven't gone to trial yet yep. and Donald Trump is elected, he can simply yank them. Right. He at that point runs the Justice Department. He could pull the charges. That's the end of it. If he's been convicted, most likely, yes, he can pardon himself. And I don't see who would have standing to challenge it anyway. So uh, he could also commute his own sentence. So right. or I could see him. Um, suspending his presidency, letting the vice president take over, let the vi- acting president pardon him, and then going back into office. So there are some mechanics you can do to get this done. Wow. Okay. All right. And has he called you yet? Because I'm telling you right now, you got to have this stuff ready to go, Joe. You're going to get the call on this. I mean, my advice is generally free. I can't speak for how good it is, but <laughs> hey, it's, I'll put it out there. Do my best, right? Well, I, I think it's fascinating. I really do. I, I always am so grateful that you can uh, you can take some time and join us and uh, just, just talk about some of the stuff and uh, uh, help us navigate some of the intricacies. Uh, where, where are we going to see you next? Are you, are you popping up on the BBC anytime soon? You know, a few times a week. I mean, right, right now it's uh, moderate demand, but I can tell you, I think starting in January, I think there's going to be more TV appearances than I can kind of fight off. They're going to need lawyers to comment on this stuff. So uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a year for us, counsel. Oh, this is exciting. Well, Joe, again, I appreciate you being here. Uh, nothing but uh, but uh, love and warm wishes to that beautiful family of yours as you head into Christmas. And uh, uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Jeff, you're the man. Happy holidays, sir. Thank you. That is Joe Moreno, the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. And if you haven't seen Joe on television, uh, you should check it out. Honest to goodness, he's on BBC. Every time I I, I pop onto the BBC, there's Joe, and he's trying to explain the American system and what we're doing. What's interesting is that some of the, you know, some of the British people, they got that whole British attitude, like, oh, I cannot believe it. And like, dude, take a look at your own operation. You you got as many wackos over there as we got over here, and, and, and you got weird accents. So I think we win on that one. But uh, Joe is, is just a brilliant guy. And so this is going to be interesting. Congress essentially can make their own rules. Yep, we decided even though George Santos hasn't been convicted of any crime, we're going to kick him to the curb. Remember what Joe said. George Santos is only the sixth person ever to be expelled from Congress. The other five had already been convicted of crimes. He hasn't been convicted of anything. He, he may be a dope like you wouldn't believe. 
but that's, believe it or not, not a crime. Jamal Bowman, congressman from New York, on video, pulling the fire alarm, enters the guilty plea. He he is convicted of that crime. They're letting him stick around because they can. It's nuts. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Four oh five, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Tuesday afternoon, we've got uh, my buddy Craig Peterson is going to join us at uh, four thirty-five. Looking forward to that. I'm getting my steps in. Isn't that a thing now? you got to get your steps in. Or I'm getting my steps in, getting to uh, to the bus, getting Julia off the bus, getting her inside, doing the old diaper change, juice and a cookie, and then back here for work. Oh, and then i got to check on my patient, uh, Heidi. Who, everything's fine uh, at the moment, anyway. No great emergencies, I'm very happy to say. I've got a great uh, couple of uh, texts here, some really nice texts. I want to share them with you, if that's all right, 833-804. 1140-833-804-1140. Mike out in Bottomsbridge says, hey, Jeff, you know, uh, RPS died with the city when the woke uh, imbeciles took down the historic monuments. But wait a minute. I thought, I thought that removing the monuments would change all of the problems in the city of Richmond. Isn't that what the, the, the pathetic, inept, incompetent mayor said? Oh, we had to rip the monuments down, and I had to give the the contract to a buddy of mine because we needed to do it. Now everybody will be great. So here's what I know about the city of Richmond: we still have potholes that are basically the size of Buicks. God help you if you bottom out in one of those things, you're going to wreck your car. Uh, you've got the Richmond public schools that cannot, will not educate children. Substandard buildings. No equipment, a, a wackadoodle as the superintendent, but uh, you know he's like bestest buddies with uh, the mayor, so maybe that's the deal. You've got a sheriff in the city of Richmond who's presiding over uh, an absolute circus at the Richmond City Justice Center. People dying, not enough staff members. You got. Uh, Lack of staff in the Richmond Police Department, the Richmond Fire Department. I can go on and on. And the solution is for the board of the Richmond Public Schools to double their own salaries. And for the mayor, who's done absolutely nothing of consequence in a positive way in the city of Richmond in eight years, to now say, well, I'm going to run for governor because I want to do the same for the Commonwealth. Uh, I don't think so. Anyway, I digress. Hey, Jeff, great to hear your voice again. We missed it uh, the other day due to commitments. What a sweet story about the young man on Julia's bus. These are truly special members of uh, our community. And I've never met anyone in the special needs community who's either mean or hateful. They have an awesome ability to love others. Prayers for Miss Heidi and a speedy recovery. We love you, Jeff. That's Jim in Mechanicsville. I love you too, Jim. I actually got to meet Jim and his lovely bride at uh, Politics and Pines down in Hopewell a few weeks back. And Jim is the luthier. He's the guy that uh, can make your stringed instrument do exactly what it is that uh, it is supposed to do. Jeff, what about the fraud that we let Democrats get away with? I think the texter is referring to George Santos and Jamal Bowman and some of these other folks up in Congress. 
Congress kicked this George Santos out. Only the sixth member of Congress to ever be expelled in history. And he hasn't been convicted of anything. I'm not telling you he's a good guy or an honest guy or a straight shooter or anything. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. But he hasn't been convicted of anything. On the other side of the aisle, Democrat Jamal Bowman has been convicted of a crime. But he gets to stay and George Santos has to go. Every time we let the Democrats get away with their lying, dishonesty, and fraud, we embolden them to do it again. And guess what? They do. Yeah, I agree. You get more of what you put up with. What about uh, our local Democrat fraudster, Ghazala Hashmi? There needs to be a local outcry about her fraudulent application and her intention to trick her voters with her fake address. Well, I don't know. Didn't we just hear yesterday that the the state elections board said, well, we don't know. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that was fundamentally what they said. I don't know. What do you want us to do? And so it's all been just, you know, waved, waved off. We've moved on with things. Weird, huh? Yeah. All right. I want you to take a listen to uh, to a couple things. Got a lot of good stuff here that you you just have to hear. You just have to hear and uh, do. Germ, should we start with John Kerry? This is the thing. Now, I, I, I do my best. And sometimes it fails, but I, I I do my best to be a a professional, right? I do. I try, and and I'm I'm fairly well regarded in the talk radio community, right? Top fifty uh, list of talk radio personalities in in the world. That's not bad. Received a whole slew of awards, profile pieces, all, all the good stuff. And even though I'm a 50-plus-year-old guy, I'm telling you, I'm still like 11 years old when it comes to certain things. And I I, I think we just have to start with, with John Kerry. Cut num- number four, please. More coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that um, the climate crisis and the health crisis are one and the same. Did you hear it? Did you? I'll I tell you what. No, no, no. Let's, let's, because <laughs> again, I'm like 11 years old. It's terrible. Let's do cut number four again, Germ. Let's just see. Now, I, I'm going to warn everybody. No, I'm not going to warn you. I'm just going to advise you. Pay very close attention. Make sure your ears are operating at uh, maximum capacity and think like an 11-year-old boy. And then maybe, just maybe, you'll hear what I heard. Do you hear what I hear? Cut number four. More coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that um, the climate crisis and the health crisis are one and the same. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we do have some magical 
audio magnification equipment. Cut number five, please. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Yeah, there it is. All right, that's John Kerry. Did you not hear? Cut number five again, in case anybody. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. There we go. He's representing us on the world stage. Now, I'm I'm not here to tell you that, you know, it doesn't happen. It happens for all of us, right? Everybody does that. But (laughs) you know and I know. You do. You know. Had this been a member of, oh, I don't know, the Trump administration that did this, that made that sound, that had the uh, uh, self-induced uh, global uh, climate uh, uh, emission, whatever the hell you want to call it, the man tooted right there on the world stage, and had it been someone else, yeah, they would have been all over it. It would have been all over it. But as it is, it's just me. Just me. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And that's exactly what I'm saying. So there you have it. Now, if you would, if you would like to do something with it, by all means, go ahead and do it. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I have the video posted, and you can see. Do you remember who was the guy? Oh my God, I can't remember. Um, Swalwell, that's who it was. Do you remember Swalwell? You know, Jerem, I, I don't want to bring the show down to this level. But if we're already at this level, then I guess it's okay. Uh, but I, I want you to uh, see if you can dig out the Swalwell thing. But you can you can see, you can hear uh, the entire experience there. And uh, it, it's just craziness, and it is what it is, and, and you will, uh, yeah. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. So you can you can deal with that, and uh, you can deal with that. All right? Uh, all sorts of uh, good stuff that we have got coming up straight ahead. All right, a couple of things that I do want to uh, uh, share with you, and I do need to share this with you before we uh, head into our little, uh, little break here. We've got Craig Peterson, who is coming up in just a couple of moments. And uh, Craig is a wonderful guy. Craig is the guy that will keep you safe on the internet that's one of the things that we try to do we don't always succeed but uh, we certainly do try and make sure that uh, you are able to uh, to stay safe there we've got tim sutton who's going to be along at uh, 5 35 tim is uh, is an old friend and uh, is one of those guys that uh, I I just love. I just absolutely adore what he's doing, and he's got a, a special uh, Christmas party designed for some members of the special needs community that is all coming up straight ahead. And tomorrow, Brian Kilmeade is going to be here, 3.35 tomorrow. We will have Brian, and I want to make sure that uh, you are here to uh, to enjoy chatting with Brian Kilmeade as well. All right. It is 415 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. News Radio WRVA. All right, uh, we got a couple of uh, Hanukkah tunes, I suppose. Although I didn't recognize that one. Uh, Adam Sandler's Hanukkah is 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 the song at this point. I think 
was having a conversation earlier today with somebody. We were talking about the, uh, the number of Christmas songs versus the number of Hanukkah songs. Now, you know why there are way more Christmas songs than Hanukkah songs, right? It's because all the Jewish guys were writing Christmas songs. I mean, it just, it's just the fact. Way more money in the Christmas song market than there was in the Hanukkah song market. So it wasn't until Adam Sandler came along a couple of years ago we got a, uh, a little modern thing. Uh, Cam from Midlows says, uh, Jeff, I want you to uh, give my best wishes to Heidi. Uh, hope that she gets better soon. Your family story is always so inspirational to me. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, someone else says, Jeff, uh, your family story is inspirational, and uh, let Heidi know we'll keep her in our prayers and our thoughts, along with, as always, your precious Julia. Well, thank you so much. Somebody else texts and says, Jeff, your attorney guest, that's Joe Moreno, by the way, the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. Your attorney guest uh, was very informative. He said that uh, perhaps President Trump would allow his vice president to temporarily assume the role of president so that he or she could pardon President Trump if, in fact, he's convicted. Well, that would be very risky because that vice president could decide not to pardon Trump, which would be detrimental. Yeah, I... I think that these cases against Trump are so absolutely, positively farcical. They're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. But remember where they're being heard. They're being heard in New York City and in Washington, D.C. And you could not pick a place, if you were picking a place, and in fact that's what happened here, they picked places, where they would have jury members who are Trump haters or judges who hate Donald Trump. Well, that's what they got. That's what they got in New York, and that's what they got in Washington, D.C. And there could absolutely be convictions of former President Trump, not because he did anything wrong, uh, but because he's Donald Trump. Think about that. Think about where we are in this country that something like that could happen. And make no mistake, it could happen. I don't know I don't know what's next. The threats that are coming from the leftist. Oh my god, you know, Trump's reelected, he's going to seize this. It's going to be a dictator. It's like, "Oh my god, please people, just give it a rest, will you?" All right, coming up at 4:35, Craig Peterson, how exactly are we going to stay safe online this season? Well, we'll get some answers from Craig. It is 4:26, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Thirty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Well, uh, I guess head into Tuesday evening. I don't know about you. I've been doing a lot of uh, online shopping. I suppose I should break down and buy something for somebody else at some point, right? I mean, Hanukkah's uh, two days away. Christmas is um, twenty days away. And uh, I always, always, always check in with my uh, my buddy Craig Peterson on Tuesdays about staying safe online. He's got a great um, he's got a great piece of information this week and a couple of names I hadn't seen in a while. Well, one name anyway uh, about staying safer with some of your uh, your surfing. Craig, I appreciate you being here, my friend. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful time for the bad guys out there. Yeah, it is. But but you've got some good news. Now, I know the name Chrome. 
because uh, I use mm-hmm. Chrome and uh, Safari. I've heard talk of that's one of the things you Apple people are always doing. Firefox, <laughs> I haven't heard mentioned in forever and a day. So, so what gives? Well, let's make this the day then. Okay. Yeah, Chrome. Chrome is a very common browser, and yeah. the roots of Chrome, Google Chrome, actually come from Apple. Apple not. makes something called. Yeah, make something called WebKit. And WebKit is used to what we say call rendering, in other words, drawing the pages for you. And just last week, a major bug was found in WebKit. So for all of you that use Google Chrome or Safari, which, by the way, also runs on Windows, uh, have an iOS device, Patch right now because this is a active zero day attack. Okay, so that's out of the way. Second step is if you're using Microsoft's Edge browser, mm-hmm. guess what? It isn't Microsoft's browser. It's actually Google Chrome under the hood. So Google Chrome is there doing all of the heavy lifting, lifting and then Microsoft with their Edge browser, quote unquote, has added all kinds of wonderful tracking stuff so that they can sell you things and interfere in your life. So uh, if, if you're using Microsoft Edge, don't bother, just use Chrome. Now, Firefox is really kind of an interesting beast. It, it's from Mozilla. You might yeah. remember those guys or have heard of them before. Yeah. And Firefox's claim to fame is they are concerned about your privacy and your security. They've done some really interesting things. For instance, if you're using Firefox and you go to one of those data sucking sites that get all the information they possibly can out of you, like Facebook, Mm -hmm. Facebook, it actually runs inside a a little container. It it blocks it in. So Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, et cetera, cannot be looking at where else you've gone online. You, they can look, and they do look, those guys at Meta, at other things that you're doing, other cookies that might be set. So you lose a whole lot of privacy mm-hmm. when you go to, that, to Facebook. But Firefox boxes it in. So that's kind of the hierarchy here. Okay. Firefox, generally speaking, is the most secure from your privacy standpoint and pretty good for security. So it's a great one for doing online shopping. Safari is the best when it comes to trying not to sell your information, but it's a best commercial browser, if you will. And then Chrome comes in a strong third place out there. And of course, way down the stack is Microsoft's Edge browser. So I've got a lot of stuff in my newsletter this week. If you click on that article, it'll take you through literally step-by-step, Jeff, depending on which of those browsers you're using, the settings that they have available, but they're hiding from you. You don't, you don't know. They're not advertising. Hey, guys, uh, if you want to make sure that your privacy is intact, uh, go ahead and set these. You know, we could have set them by default, but, you know, we, we don't want to. So uh, I outline all of those privacy settings, all of the secret stuff that they just don't want to tell you to stay safer while you're shopping online. Yeah, this is crazy. As I look through it, 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 Google Chrome has a mode called safe browsing. And 
what I would think, Craig, and, and you just alluded to this, is that any responsible purveyor of a web browser would just by default set it to the safe browsing, and then you, as the consumer, could say, nah, I'm, I'm going to go in the wild west of the web, and, and it's just the opposite. Yeah, it's so true, and, and it's true with Windows as well as a general, general tenant here, especially true with Android. Remember, how does Google make your, their money? They make it by knowing as much as they possibly can about you and then selling that information. That's part of the reason I don't like Android at all. Uh, Apple makes its money by selling you devices and selling you services like iCloud and various other services that you might want. So, yeah, of course it has safe browsing, but they don't turn it on for you. And that's why I went through the steps. As you can see, just on that safe browsing, I've got seven steps you have to take in order to turn it on. They don't make it easy. No, and the whole thing about having to uh, rub my belly and my head at the same time in opposite directions to get it to work is... uh, Oh, forget it. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Craig Peterson is joining us. He joins us every Tuesday. Great insight and always uh, great advice. And as... Most of us, I think, at this point are realizing, oh, my gosh, uh, two days till Hanukkah, 20 days till Christmas. Got to get something purchased. We're we're spending a lot of time. We're, we're purchasing stuff online. Now, I know that you hate Androids, but did you hear the new Galaxy S24 is coming out in 2024? Do you, do you have any thoughts? I, I did. I, don't I, buy it. Don't, yeah, that's my main thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they've added some really cool new stuff in Android itself. And the new Galaxy phone right now is looking to be very, very attractive. Yeah. And they, the, the new wallpapers are out, at least what they think the wallpaper is going to be. So I care, right? You can change your wallpaper. But, um, yeah, the, the technology in the photos is really interesting now. Because, for instance, Apple was the first to put machine learning or artificial intelligence chips into their phones. They've been in there for a long time. And when you're talking to Siri on Apple, it is unlike almost everything else on the market. It's not sending what you're saying to the cloud and then sending you back the answer. No, no. Apple's actually processing your Siri requests in your phone. And that's part of the reason Siri isn't as good as some of these others that are out there. So Google is now starting to integrate more and more machine learning, artificial intelligence into Android. And they ran some really cool ads during the football games on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where they're, they're showing, hey, you've got everybody together. Isn't that great? But take a half a dozen pictures of everybody standing together and then pick out of each picture whose face was actually looking at the camera and wasn't sticking out their tongue. And so it lets you basically collage these people's faces together and from that, now you get one beautiful picture out of those half a dozen. So there's some great new features coming out there in the, in the Android world. And uh, the other thing about the new Samsung Galaxy, apparently, uh, keep this hush-hush, but apparently they're going to be using Sony cameras on those phones. So not even Samsung cameras anymore. So uh, if I could just uh, paraphrase what you're saying, it was, sure, Jeff, get yourself the S24. It's going to be a great phone. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. If you're going to buy an Android, 
the only, that's the only one to buy. And I'm serious about that yeah. because they have now come out, Samsung and said, we are going to support it for six years. Yeah. And that's, huge people because that means they're going to be providing updates for you uh, for cybersecurity problems they've actually got their game together apple when when there's a a new update for uh, let's say like what we just had here right now with this problem with the web browser uh, it, it rolls out to all phones in a matter of hours it's absolutely amazing but in the android world less than 60% of the phones will actually get updates. So sticking with Samsung's top-of-the-line models is a huge win from a privacy and security standpoint because most of these other phones and their lower-end models do not get the support that you get from those top phones from Samsung. Okay. All right. Well, that that is great insight. I, I I'm I'm out of time, but I still have to ask you about this because uh, a dear friend of mine, Stan Andruski, is like the number one auto uh, mechanic in all of Central Virginia, and we get together once a week and do a show all about cars. And he's always talking about electric vehicles and the downfalls and the challenges. You got a story here with the <laughs> the equivalent cost of charging your EV. Let everybody know what that works out to, uh, as opposed to gasoline a gallon. Yeah, isn't that a shocker, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about electric vehicles costing the equivalent. When you roll everything together, right, all of these tax incentives, et cetera, EVs cost about $17 a gallon to run these things. And heaven forbid the thing gets in an accident. <laughs> I got another article about that. It, it, it's crazy. No wonder the prices of some of these EVs have dropped 30%. Yeah. All right. Now, my friend, tell everybody how they can get your newsletter, please. Yeah, well, there's so much this week in the newsletter. You can get this week's newsletter and each of the future ones, and you can pay the same Jeff pays, and you know what a cheap guy he is. That's right. Uh, by, by going to dot com. I love it. Craig, I appreciate you being here, my friend. We will uh, speak next Tuesday. That is Craig Peterson. Please go to his website, craigpeterson.com, craigpeterson.com, and, and just download all of the information he's got there. Stay safe online. It's 446, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBM, looking at the uh, the news reporting here about the 23andMe. Uh, 6.9 million users, 6.9 million users of 23andMe uh, had their ancestry data stolen in a hack, in a data breach. Can you imagine that? I don't know why anybody would be part of that. I really don't. It's just not my thing, but... Uh, you know who's back in the news, sort of, kind of? Corrine Jean-Pierre. Remember her? The uh, Minister of Propaganda at the White House? Uh, she has a lot of, well, non-answers. Take a listen to cut number one. About domestic surveillance and the one about online censorship. Um, on domestic surveillance, uh, Section 702 of FISA is expiring this month. And against this debate, uh, Senator Wyden, uh, just this past month, released a letter saying that the White House is secretly funding a domestic call record dragnet administered by AT&T. Um, 
apparently, according to Wired, uh, the White House halted funding for this program in 2021 and resumed it last year. And I was wondering what you could tell us about this program and the reason that it was paused and then resumed by the White House. So um, we'd have to check with the team. I don't have anything specific to tell you about uh, 702. Is it, that's what you're, you're asking me about. I just don't have anything to share on that particular question. Oh, okay. So it's just that particular question you don't have an answer to. Uh, question number two you've got an answer to, though, right? Uh, cut number two. The White House has said repeatedly that the president and his son were never in business together. They've said that repeatedly also in this room. Um, according to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. Uh, did the president accept payment? And why would there be such an arrangement if they were never in business together or if there was a wall of separation, as the president has previously said? So I have to be uh, clear with you. I, I have not seen that report, so I would have to refer you to my colleagues over at the White House Counsel's Office on that particular question. Oh, have you got any answers for any questions at all? Cut number five. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm going to I am going to take that as a no. I, I could be wrong, but I am going to take that as a no. You know who's actually making a lot of sense these days? And we'll uh, we'll listen to a little bit of what he has to say in the uh, five o'clock hour. You remember General Wesley Clark was the uh, supreme allied commander at NATO and uh, held a few other posts here and there. Right. I don't know if you agreed with him politically or not. I don't know. But he's he's now a CNN panelist. And he's somebody who actually understands war. And, and this is where we are right now. We have a collection of people who have allowed their contempt for the Jewish people to override everything. Wesley Clark is not one of them. We have women who are silent right now. They're not saying a damn word about the rape of Jewish women because those women are Jewish. Do you remember Believe Every Woman? You remember that, right? And you were supposed to believe, and I was supposed to believe every woman even when there was no evidence. Uh Uh-huh. Now you have evidence. But you're not supposed to believe those women were raped by the Hamas terrorists because, well, you know, they're Jews. This is playing out in front of us as we speak. It is a dangerous time in which we live. 457, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Thanks very much. Uh, Charles Pyle reporting, doing a fine job. Happy to uh, have him on the team. Sounds pretty doggone good. We got a lot of stuff that uh, we are dealing with. I mentioned to you General Wesley Clark, and uh, you may or may not remember the name. I'm not even going to bother with a uh, a history. But as I re- well, you know what? Let me. Uh, didn't he run for president for like two minutes? If I. I think he did. I'm trying to remember here. Hang on a second. All right, what the heck? I'll, I'll do it while we're here. Let's just see uh, General Wesley Clark. Uh, yeah, there he is. Okay. He's the CEO of Wesley K. Clark and Associates. 
Oh, that's pretty good. He has his own business. Uh, it's not his business, though, that I think is uh, what makes him so interesting. Uh, it's the fact that uh, he graduated from West Point. He was the valedictorian at West Point, a Rhodes Scholar, and all sorts of other stuff. And he's a military guy. He's a military guy. And he understands war, and he understands combat, he understands battle. And he is now a, uh, a, a commentator, a participant, whatever you want to use in terms of terminology, but he's part of CNN. He served in Vietnam, and I'm just going along through here, uh, Supreme Allied Commander at NATO, etc., 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 and he's trying to educate the people at CNN when it comes to war. And I just want you to hear, we, we just have a, it's a little snippet, I don't know, 30, 35 seconds. Cut number six, please. Well, I think it means that U.S. deterrence needs to be stepped up. Um, Iran knows that we, the United States, don't want, and we've made it very clear, we don't want a widened conflict in the region. So they're taking advantage of this by uh, having their, their proxies do various things that are provocative, knowing that the United States, or believing that the United States, won't respond directly against Iran. Um, I think we're going to have to look at some military options that do respond directly against those elements in Iran who are supporting and enabling these attacks. Wow. Wow. Let's be very clear on a couple of things. This is a war. And it is a war that Israel didn't start, and Israel didn't ask for, and quite frankly, Israel doesn't want. But Israel will have to finish it. And even though we have uh, Kamala, Cla uh, Kamala Harris, the uh, vice president, standing up and saying, we don't want Israel to do that. And, Jerem, I don't see that cut here. I've sent that to you a couple of times. Uh, Kamala Harris at the... Uh, uh, the conference over there, and I think it was Saudi Arabia, right? Or one of those places. And, and she's, she's saying that Israel has to do more. Do me a favor, grab that, please. Uh, the United States is making clear, unfortunately, that this administration, anyway, doesn't really support Israel. This administration, Joe Biden, Antony Blinken, Kamala Harris, uh, they don't really support Israel in this regard. And I will tell you that it is not only short-sighted, but it's disgusting. And the moral equivalence that is being played here is absolutely reprehensible. Just a couple of years ago, we were told, believe every woman. If a woman steps up and says, 30 years ago, she suffered a, a sexual assault. Well, then by God, you've got to believe her. Okay. But here we are, not 60 days ago, that Jewish women were raped by Hamas terrorists, and all of a sudden, now, well, we don't know. We're not going to do that. Really? Why? Why? I'll tell you why. And you may not want to hear it, but I'm going to tell you why anyway. It's because these women are Jewish. That's just the way it is. We've got a whole collection of people who just a couple of years ago said, every time that a woman tells you 
she's been assaulted or treated inappropriately, what have you, you must believe her. And here we have women in Israel raped. This is part of the, the war tactic from Hamas, is to rape women. And, and you know what? I'm using the term woman, but let me be very clear. We're talking about very young girls, and we are talking about elderly women. And, and, and every age category in between. But now all of a sudden we're, we're supposed to ignore that. Why? So this is the piece. It's uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, our not-ready-for-prime-time vice president, who is over at that uh, was the climate conference where all of these nitwits came in on their, uh, their private jets. You know what's interesting, though, before we get to Kamala Harris? The, uh, the leaders of Saudi Arabia said, <laughs> I actually agree with you. They said, hey, uh, don't go blaming this stuff on fossil fuels. Number one, there's no problem with the climate. And number two, even if you really think that you're going to push this climate change nonsense, don't be looking to blame it on fossil fuels. I think they're right. Anyway, uh, let's take a listen to uh, Vice President Harris. As Israel defends itself, it matters how. The United States is unequivocal. International humanitarian law must be respected. Too many innocent Palestinians have been killed. Frankly, the scale of civilian suffering and the images and videos coming from Gaza are devastating. I have spoken with members of the Palestinian, Arab, and Muslim communities of America, including those who have lost loved ones in Gaza and American citizens who were injured and evacuated from Gaza. It is truly heartbreaking. As Israel pursues its military objectives in Gaza, we believe Israel must do more to protect innocent civilians. You know what I believe? I believe you need to sit down and shut up. That's what I believe. I believe that anybody who is saying to Israel, well, you, you, you know, you can defend yourself, but you, but you can't go and do this, you can't go do that. You all need to sit down and shut up. Israel must eliminate Hamas. It is as simple as that. It's got to be destroyed. From the top to the bottom, the bottom to the top, side to side. You've got to destroy Hamas. Jeff, what about a ceasefire? What about a ceasefire? You know, October the 6th, there was a ceasefire. Remember who broke it? Hamas. Who was the first to break this ceasefire? Hamas. Please, stop with the preaching already. Stop with the moral equivalency. There is no equivalency here. And this is war. And a couple of things happen in war. People get killed in war. Stuff gets destroyed in war. That's it. And wars continue until such time as one side or the other says, that's enough. That's enough. We give up. You want all of this to stop, Hamas? Surrender. Hamas is not going to surrender, and so therefore Hamas needs to be destroyed. Israel apparently has built some uh, massive pumps to flood the underground tunnel system. I think that's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Make them unusable. You must destroy Hamas.
anything short of that, just not going to work. How about uh, real quick here? I think we've got uh, General Clark on this. Cut number seven. Well, I think uh, Secretary Austin is exactly right on doctrinal grounds. The problem in Hamas and in Gaza is that the civilian population has either been hostile or or indifferent or, or overtly hostile to Israel. So uh, it, it, the, the horse is out of the barn on this, uh, honestly. I mean, it would be great if the civilian population would say, look, uh, we're against Hamas, we've, we've had all this destruction, and, and really it's not Israel's fault. But unfortunately, this is a wartime situation. This is really no different than when the United States had to attack Japan in World War II. British and American bombers flying over Nazi Germany. A lot of innocent civilians who had nothing to do with the war effort were killed in, in consequence of this. And unfortunately, I don't know that there's that much more that the Israelis can do to avoid uh, harming these civilian populaces in Gaza and still accomplish the military objective. And so they're going to go after the military objective now as hard as they can. Uh, and they're going to do whatever they can do. Uh, and it's important for the United States to take the posture it's taking. I understand that politically and strategically. But the fact of the matter is on the ground. The Israeli military is going to do what it has to do to eliminate Hamas or do the best they can to eliminate Hamas. It's going to be a tough fight. It's going to escalate. There's going to be more casualties. And um, it's just unfortunate. But but here's the thing. The blame needs to be placed on Hamas. All they have to do is surrender. Unconditional surrender. It'll stop. Immediately. That's where the blame rests. Three cheers for uh, General Wesley Clark. He said what needed to be said. He said it on CNN. I don't know if they're listening. I don't know if the uh, the Biden team cares, but he said what needed to be said. Honestly, up front, no hesitation. Good for him. 515 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at a picture of this uh, beautiful Omaha steak that uh, I cooked for uh, for us last night. It is, it, it's delicious. It was delicious. Actually, uh, we have leftovers. Heidi and I will have them uh, this evening. And, uh, well, if you want to take a look at this, seriously, I've been talking about Omaha steaks. I just, I, I love what they do. And uh, easy enough to check out if you go to uh, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook, you can uh, take a look at the beautiful, beautiful steaks. You can uh, also go to uh, omahasteaks.com. And when you use that special promo code Jeff Katz, you can take uh, extra 30 bucks off your purchase. Pretty good stuff. All right. Now, we got a lot of stuff that we are dealing with, and we have a very, very nice, happy moment that we're going to share at 535. I love this season. I hate cold weather, as you know. I really do. I hate cold weather, hate snow, hate ice. But I love this season. And I love Hanukkah, and I love Christmas, and I love all of it. And I want everybody, especially during this time of year, to just have as great a day as you can possibly have. I shared with you a little bit earlier, my day this morning was just, it, it, was, it was crappy. Simple as that. It was just really bad. Heidi having a really, really bad day today, just tough day. And, and all I could think of 
Now, maybe this speaks to me, and that's okay, but I just want to be honest with you. All I could think of was, wow, there are people I have worked with for 10-plus for years who just didn't reach out and say, hey, how's Heidi? And I, was, I just thought, well, okay, that's fine. Just like Santa, I'm going to have a nice list and a naughty list. And uh, I know what you had, you're on. Honest to goodness. So I, I've got that in my head. And then I got all this stuff with Heidi. And then I had to get Julie out to the bus. And I got Julie out to the bus. And there's, there's, a, there's a young man on that bus who every morning as I'm getting Julie on the bus says, Hi, Julia's dad. Have a great day. And he did it today. And I say, Hi, Julia's friend. Have a great day. And it just sort of turned my whole head around. I know it sounds weird, but it did. It just turned my whole head around. And I thought about all the kids on the bus. And many of those kids will love uh, a good Christmas party. But because of some of their special needs, they might not be able to participate in a Christmas party. Well, coming up at 535, my, uh, my old pal Tim Sutton, retired uh, sergeant out of the Hanover County Sheriff's Office, uh, is going to tell us a little bit about a Christmas party that's coming up, and it is designed specifically for kids who have got uh, one or two special challenges. And so I just want to say, as Julia's dad, have a great day, right? We'll talk with Tib at 535. It's 526, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Thirty-five, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a lovely Tuesday evening. Don't forget, Brian Kilmeade from Fox News is going to be with us tomorrow. Three thirty-five is when uh, Brian Kilmeade is going to be with us. Make sure that you're here for that. We uh, we always have a good time with uh, Mr. Kilmeade. He's a good guy. You know what? One of the things I like about Brian is that he really is just like your neighbor. He's just a kid from Long Island who's, who's done okay for himself, make no mistake about it. But he's, uh, he's just a good guy, solid guy, smart guy, and you'll enjoy him. So tomorrow afternoon, 335, Brian Kilmeade from Fox News is going to be dropping by. Another guy who I, I just happen to like a lot, a good, solid guy, sort of like your neighbor. Well, I guess in my case, he is sort of like my neighbor, uh, Tim Sutton, who has uh, devoted his life to service. Uh, retired from the Hanover County Sheriff's Office as a sergeant and is uh, so active, so active in trying to help uh, members of our community with special needs and uh, disabilities and things of that sort. And and he's got this great organization, a better understanding. Uh, Rather than me talk about it, let's get Tim on. Tim, good evening, sir. How are you doing, sir? I'm looking for Julia's dad, if I could yes. find him. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'll tell you what. That's the best title in the world, at least in this house, I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. It's been a while, and uh, you have been so busy, and you got a big event coming up, a uh, Christmas party, but uh, it's a Christmas party that really is open to everybody. Give everybody a sense of that, but before we do that, Tell everybody about a better understanding. What is it, and, and, and why did you uh, feel the need to bring it to our community? Well, I had worked with the Hanover Sheriff's Officers, um, well, retired 33, 34 years, but my last 20 years or so were uh, working a lot with individuals with disabilities, which I prefer to call different abilities because everybody has abilities. It's just some people do things a little differently. And um, we began the nonprofit probably about two and a half, three years ago, a better understanding.org. Um, 
And, and my thought was, you know, a lot of individuals with disabilities are the ones who had birthday parties or different parties and invited people, and you didn't really get a big turnout. Not a lot of people showed up, and sometimes they didn't get invited to different birthday parties and other events. So uh, me and some other people got together, and we formed this nonprofit here in the Richmond, Virginia area called abetterunderstanding.org, and we're out there trying to advocate for individuals with disabilities as well as help them advocate for themselves. And we try to throw parties that are just for them. We don't care the age. Uh, if there's a disability or disability involved, uh, we want you to come and participate, and we want to meet you. And uh, just make sure you have a wonderful, amazing time. Yeah. That is it's such an important thing, and most people don't think about it, and that's okay, because most people are not uh, in this in this world. Right. But you get to a, quote, traditional Christmas party. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on, and for for some of the special needs community, it, it's just too much. Yes, we uh, and and we've got a uh, got this party coming up. We've had had one last during the summer. Last summer it was a dance party, and uh, this one is our Christmas party, holiday party. Um, Santa Claus will be there. It's sensory Santa Claus. He's been trained up and understands disabilities. Again, whatever the age, and um, Mrs. Claus will be there. We'll have crafts. Uh, food, all of the food is actually provided by Wegmans Food Market uh, here locally. And uh, they're very interested in being involved in this nonprofit because they know it's reaching a lot of people and doing a lot of good in the community. But we just want to uh, have a party and celebrate. And, you know, we know a lot of people with uh, disabilities have not had the opportunity to visit with Santa Claus or sit with Santa Claus because the lines at, this, at the malls and Bass Pro, different places, it's just this sensory issues and everything. But this is an opportunity individuals can go online to a betterunderstanding.org. They can register to uh, attend. We're just we're asking $5 a person. We want to know what they want Santa Claus to bring them. And Santa will actually invite them up to sit on the bench with him and Mrs. Claus and give them a gift that they had asked for. So it's just celebrating them and who they are and realizing that inclusion matters, but every single person matters. And we just like to be able to show that. I love this. I love this, Tim. So uh, let's give everybody the details, because I'm sure some folks are hearing about it for the first time and, and thinking as right. they're hearing about it, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting for something exactly like this. H- how do people get involved? Absolutely. Um, what they can do is go to the website, abetterunderstanding.org. Uh, register. Registration will cut off at midnight tonight uh, here on the 5th of December. Uh, the party is actually in Mechanicsville. It's at the Mechanicsville Moose Lodge East, and the address is 7167 Flag Lane in Mechanicsville. And it's from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. this Sunday, uh, December 10th. And we would just like to meet as many people as we can. Please come out and enjoy it. And again, Wegmans uh, supplies the food for these parties because they understand the importance. You know, I think that's wonderful, and, and a big shout-out to Wegmans for doing that. They, they they obviously don't have to do that, but but stepping up to the plate like that, that's uh, that's uh, that's just a great thing. It just sort of warms your heart. Yeah, it's a blessing. They've been, they've been a blessing, and, and I think they continue to be a blessing in a lot of people's lives, and, and it's a great partnership we have, and uh, we just want to do the right thing and do what we can to help uh, individuals as well as families. I want everybody to know, Tim, that you, on a personal basis, you don't actually have a family member that uh, is dealing with any of the the special needs. But through your work as a, as a law enforcement professional, you came in contact with some folks, and it, it's just amazing to me, and it's inspiring to me, quite frankly, that 
that your focus, your 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 life's focus, really shifted. And uh, I, I look at you, and, and and I consider you a friend, and I, I just think the world of you. But I want everybody to know this. I look at you, and I think, my God, there are good people in the world. This is a calling for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, I was, it's it's a passion of mine, and uh, yeah. it's just interesting that through law enforcement. Uh, this became a passion. Uh, it's interesting to see how things work out. And uh, now it's just, uh, you know, I'm blessed to know you. Uh, you're on the board for a better understanding. And uh, you, you do a lot to promote what we're trying to do, and you're a big part of that. And I just want to thank you for everything you do for us. Well, I, I, that's, that's, that's very kind. I, uh, I do what I can. I am here to tell you that this is something people should take advantage of. Uh, uh, it, whether it's the Christmas party coming up uh, this Sunday or it's some other ABU event, the ABU crew is out there doing great things. So give everybody, if you don't mind, give everybody the details again, because like you said, midnight tonight, the registration closes. And I, if people are interested, I don't want them to miss out. No, and we just want to make sure Santa Claus knows who's coming. So when he travels down from the North Pole, he and Mrs. Claus head down here. We want to make sure he's got a gift for all of the individuals who uh, have registered. And, again, yeah. it's, uh, it'll be December 10th, this Sunday, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at uh, 7176 Flag Lane in Mechanicsville, the Mechanicsville Moose Lodge East. Um, you can go to a abetterunderstanding.org, register, and uh, please get on there and come see us. We, we really would like to meet you and uh, spend some time with you. I love it. Tim? Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you and the entire ABU crew are doing uh, for our uh, Central Virginia community. You are uh, you're an absolute blessing. The, the work that you're doing is priceless, and uh, I just want you to know it is appreciated. It really, really is. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate you taking time to bring me on. Uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. That is Tim Sutton, and the organization is called A Better Understanding. A Betterunderstanding.org is the website. If you've got uh, somebody in your family who you know would love to, to, to visit with Santa, but some of the, the more traditional locations where Santa shows up can be, frankly, either intimidating or disturbing to uh, some members of our community. I, I've seen this. It's, it's very, very difficult. So this is a great way to do it, but you've got to register. Now, again, you've got like six hours left. So you just heard about it. Go online right now, abetterunderstanding.org, abetterunderstanding.org. Get registered and then get ready for the fun. It is 544 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Tuesday evening. We're a couple days away from uh, Hanukkah. That's going to be uh, Thursday evening, December the 7th, will be the first night of Hanukkah. Now, the way we do this, we've got eight nights. And when you grow up, as I did with, uh, with, with my parents, my father in particular, we were poor. I'm serious. I mean, we weren't like uh, middle class, lower, but we were poor. And so my dad, God bless him, would, would get a gift, and then he would break it up somehow, some way, into like eight parts. And you get something every night. Now, we get something every night, but you know, what are you going to do with it? Eh, you'll wait for tomorrow night. All right. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Uh, we don't necessarily do that. We, we give the whole gift uh, each night. But you know what's weird? I mean, I mean really weird. The boys are not here. And the boys are not going to be here uh, for another couple of weeks coming home from college. 
and it's it's just it's just bizarre. And I I I just don't know. Like, I love the holidays. I mean, I love all holidays. I think I go over the top with a lot of them. Hanukkah, like so many Jewish holidays, is I mean, every Jewish holiday fundamentally is the same. No, it really is. Don't 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 listen to anybody who says it's not. Here's the way Jewish holidays play out. Uh, first, uh, there we were. We weren't bothering anybody. Second, somebody bad tries to do something to us. Third, God saves us. Fourth, we eat. That is every Jewish holiday wrapped up in a nice little bow. And Hanukkah is no different. Hanukkah is about survival. It's about the, the Jewish people surviving. And I find it so interesting that at, at this time, as the Jewish people are under attack around the world yet again, we're going to be celebrating Hanukkah in a couple of days. And I, I think I mentioned this the other day. We as Jews are called upon by God to be a light to the world. And it's one of the reasons that at Hanukkah, we display these, these multi-armed little, I don't know, I mean, they're called menorahs. Actually, at Hanukkah, they're called Hanukkiahs. The rest of the time, there would be three and three and, a, and one in the center, so seven on the, uh, the little lamp. But at Hanukkah, because of the miracle that happened, where one day's oil lasted for, for, for eight days, we have uh, a total of nine candles, nine lights that are illuminated. And we are called upon to be a light to the world. I mentioned to you that with the, uh, the speaking and the coaching and all the other stuff that I do, my, my separate company has nothing to do with the, uh, with the radio work. But I picked as a slogan for it, be a light to the world. And so that's coming up on Thursday. And you will see, I hope, many people with uh, lights in their windows. Now, some people are doing the, you know, the Christmas, which is great. But be a light to the world, I think, is great advice. I really do. I think it's, it's fantastic advice. And I think it's important that we, we think about those things and... The reason I mentioned that it's going to be kind of weird here is is with the boys not here. So, I mean, here I am. I'm online. I'm buying stuff. And I'm realizing, man, they're not going to be here. Now, I'm still going to make latkes, the potato pancakes. We're, we're still going to have to find uh, jelly donuts, sufgani oats. But it's going to be different. It's, it's just going to be weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just thought I'd share that with you. I, you know, you know everything at this point, right? Some stuff you didn't want to know. Now you know. But uh, it, it's going to be a little odd. And uh, I'm looking forward to a couple of things this week, though. I will have the opportunity. Like I said, I'm going to make the latkes. I'm going to find some uh, jelly donuts. And I know that I will have uh, good, solid customers in uh, in Heidi and in Julia. Each of them will enjoy their... Uh, the latkes and, uh, and the jelly donuts. And I, I've got some gifts that I'll be giving out uh, to, to the two ladies. But the boys won't be back for, uh, I don't know, another couple of weeks. And it's so odd to be in this situation where it's, it's just kind of the three of us. And we're all 
settling in. Well, Heidi and I are sort of settling in, thinking to ourselves, yeah, this is this is the way it goes. Yeah. yeah I guess this is the way it goes. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jerb, I'm going to have to share this with everybody because I think it's great. Uh, all right, Jeff. So how about this one? G.I. Joe's left arm, G.I. Joe's right arm, the clothes one day, then the legs. And the, yeah, by the eighth day, they have all the parts. Well, you know, I, you're laughing, Jerm, but that's exactly, I mean exactly what my dad would do. And we were big G.I. Joe folks, my uh, my brother and I uh, were. And uh, I remember one year we were excited. It wasn't G.I. Joe. We were getting, we were also into Planet of the Apes. And uh, we were going to get the uh, the jungle playhouse sort of a thing for Planet of the Apes. Well, let me tell you something. It came in one big box, but by the time uh, my dad was done, all the pieces were parceled out. And, and it wasn't until night number eight that my brother and I had to build the whole thing. And we were exhausted, just waiting. Oh, my God. Well, let's try it. And my dad's like, no, go ahead and try it. Now, of course, it didn't work because it was missing the support poles and they didn't have this part. But honest to goodness, by uh, by day number eight, uh, it finally did all come together. All right. Hey, tomorrow morning, uh, I believe Karen Michael is in again. She's doing a great job and you want to make sure you're listening to her. I want you to have a fantastic evening or as the young man on the bus would say, hey, Julia's dad. Hi, Julia's dad. Hello, Julia's dad. Have a great day. It is good advice. Have a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get together tomorrow starting at 3. Brian Kilmeade from Fox News joining us. Have a great night. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRV. Adios and con Dios. Going home now to stay. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.